0: EUMDR date of application is this week, so I hope you are ready, if you are not, so don't hesitate to contact us at info at easymedicaldevice.com, info at easymedicaldevice.com, and we can look at your situation. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. I am Munir Lazuzzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I'll share with you my experience and one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munira Lazuzzi from EasyMedicalDevice.com. And today we will talk about MDR again because MDR is, we are close or we are already MDR. I don't know when the episode will be released, but um, if you are listening to that and we are already MDR. So today we'll talk mainly about uh, how companies are feeling about uh, UMDR. And I have with me Catherine Higginson from Climedo, so marketing manager at Climedo. And Climedo has made last year a survey about UMDR and they made again uh, a survey this year. So last year we had episode 98 with uh, Catherine and we talked about that. And she came again to uh, give us a follow-up about uh, the the new survey that they have done. So Catherine, welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast.
1: Hi, Mania. Thanks. It's good to be back.
0: Great. So um, as I've said, so you were here last year, we talked about that. It was really an interesting episode because we learned a lot of things about how, I can say, the manufacturers were thinking about, um, the UMDR what was their assumptions there was also a lot of uncertainty uh, there was a lot of things that were um, not clear for them so um, the, the first maybe thing that we, we will talk about is mainly a difference between um, if I can say the, the previous uh, survey and the new one but before that so for people that don't know you maybe never had uh, seen the previous episode so Can you tell us more about you, who you are, and maybe a bit about uh, Climedo also?
1: Mm -hmm. Sure. Yeah. So my name is Catherine. I'm the marketing manager at Climedo Health. We're a software company from Munich, and we offer a platform for electronic data capture. So mostly clinical data capture where we work with medical device companies and also pharmaceutical companies.
0: So great. And so um, where are you
1: located again? Uh, Munich.
0: Munich. Okay. So Mm -hmm. uh, Germany. Uh, so, Climedo, mainly, uh, I mean, you, you are doing this survey uh, for, um, for, the, for the UMDR, so it's not mm-hmm. specifically a survey for your products, for Climedo. It's really a, a general survey. So, to just have an understanding of the context of, of UMDR, which is great, because then it's not, uh, as I said, kind of focused on marketing for, uh, for Climedo, but mainly also get the gathering information, which can be helpful for anybody, anybody there. So, um, in terms of, as I said at the beginning, so, Um, the difference between what we have seen last year and this year. So for people, as I said, if you want to see what we have made last year, so it was episode 98. uh, So uh, we, you can see what exactly were the questions. I think there is still the link of the previous survey. So maybe you can still get there. I don't know. You can still access the, Mm -hmm. the link is on the show notes. So they can, you can still access to the previous survey. And here we'll provide you on the show notes, the new survey, Uh, the link with the new survey on the show notes so you can look exactly at all the questions that we'll talk about today. But um, from your point of view, because you maybe made a a kind of an evaluation before, after, what are the main differences or the main chances or maybe the similarities that are between the previous survey that you have done and the new survey? So first, was there exactly the same questions?
1: Mm. So it's actually two surveys that we're comparing it to. So it's, it's a bit more complex. One we did in the spring of last year, and that was just to check um, companies' level of readiness uh, at all. That was before we knew that the MDR was going to be postponed. And then there was um, the second survey, which is more towards the summer, autumn. That's the one we talked about more specifically, and that was to do with the costs. So we've taken some uh, questions from both of those surveys and some are completely new as well, though.
0: So... Yeah. Um- How many people were participating to those surveys? Uh,
1: This one, 115, that was a new record. And last year it was between um, 102 and 110 each time.
0: Great, so So, it's nearly similar. So we can really make a good comparison instead of having a lot of differences. So um, what is your summary out of that then?
1: Mm. So in terms of the differences, there were four things that kind of stood out. Um, the first one was that the MDR is perceived as slightly more challenging this year compared to last year, okay. despite the postponement um, on an, on a sort of percentage scale last, uh, last year. 77% said very challenging and this year it's 81%, so marginal difference. Um, and then in terms of the individual challenges, cause we always like to ask that, like, what's the, the difficult part about the regulation, um, here, the number one challenge this year was increased resources and costs. And okay. in second place, um, it's lack of clarity. And last year it was the other way around. So that might suggest that, okay, it's become more expensive or more resource intensive, but it's also become a bit clearer, perhaps. That so was, uh, um,
0: in terms of, of, of uh, so what, what is surprising is that, um, I mean, what is good maybe maybe also is the fact that we had since last year a lot of new guidance, a lot of new information about UMDR. So you have to do it on that way. On that way, Um, it it has two options on that on that thing. It's the fact that when there was there was no guidance, so you had some assumptions how to do things. So you say, okay, I'll do it on that way. It's Mm -hmm. easy for me. And when the guidance is issued, it's like, oh no, I should do it in another way. It's more difficult for me. So which makes it, if I can say a bit harder for some people, or in the other way, uh, when a guidance came, you say, okay, you have to follow just step one, step two, step three. So it's easier for us. We don't have to think, we just have to execute, and then it's fine. So there can be also the fact that more documents, more guidance, more um, implementing uh, acts were issued, which helped those manufacturers to have more clarity on how to, to execute things.
1: Exactly, yeah. That was also mentioned by one participant um, later on in the comments. So, yeah, we can take a look and at that.
0: Related to the cost, so uh, last year, how much budget they were having for uh, for this uh, UMDR? Mm, yeah, product? that's
1: an interesting one, yeah. Um, last year, I think 48%, so just under half, said that they thought it would cost them more than 5% of their annual turnover. And this year, only 44% said the, the 5%, basically. So.
0: It means that we it will cost more for them.
1: This year, slightly slightly less or fewer people believe that it will cost that that percentage of their. Um, maybe they had attorney. more experience.
0: They had to start to execute, and they will, they, they saw maybe that there it was. Uh, for that, but yeah, it's still it's still a budget, if I can say, for for some companies that of have course. to execute yeah. that. So it's not something that will be uh, just uh, as I say, It's not just one document or two document to create it's really a full system that you have to uh, to uh, to create out of that. Um, mm. One of things that. I also noticed um, is the, the, the belief related to the finding a notified body. Uh, so this is something that we are saying mainly um, it would be a struggle because we don't have a lot of notified bodies. But out of the 115, uh, it's not something that was the, the most challenging for them finding a notified body. I suppose those ones had already maybe a notified body. And luckily those notified bodies were already accredited. So it's not like something that they had to look at
1: Yeah, exactly. I think last year around 50 people said that they had um, a notified body and this year 70%, 70% say that they have one and 10% don't need one. And so that means 20% do still need one and they're still in the process of of getting one.
0: Yeah, we have actually 20 notified bodies under NDR. Uh, Last Mm -hmm. year we had 15 or or 13 or something like that. So uh, there was some kind of progress. So uh, I hope yeah, this will be uh, continuing to progress because uh, we need notified bodies to be able to place medical devices on the market, uh, and this is something that uh, that uh, companies uh, cannot work without. So, and we can maybe exactly. look at that just after. But um, one, also one of the questions was the fact of. Uh, so we know that last year the date of application for the EU MDR was on the 26th of May 2020, and due to the coronavirus. Uh, I mean, first we said, no, this date will not change. It's exactly the same <laughs> day. There is no postponement, et cetera. I remember we yeah. were saying that. And then suddenly, because of coronavirus, we can change this date easily, if I can say, because mm-hmm. it was like one month to, to make decision and to implement was one month to say, yes, we will change and we will postpone of one year. Um, this year, I will not say it's impossible, but we are now close to, uh, to it. It's like uh, 14 <laughs> days uh, uh, before the date of obligation, so uh, mm-hmm. so we had one additional year. Then your survey was asking this question. So, did the postponement of the UMDR help the 115 customers or uh, manufacturers?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, this was kind of the million-dollar question that we were really curious about um, as well. So the answer is yes, mostly. Fifty-seven uh, percent said yes; it helped them. Um, They also explained why it helped them, uh, which was quite interesting to see. So they said it relieved the pressure, especially for class one devices. Um, The planning became easier. The um, government or the European Commission had more time to publish documents. Um, More notified bodies could become certified and there were more best practices to follow. So that's good news.
0: And was there some negative thing to say, no, <laughs> we
1: don't? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, were <allowed> to, <laughs> they were allowed to comment as well. Yeah, so the 43% that said no, um, they said, well, nothing's really changed. The requirements are the, uh, the same, even after one year. And some say there are still not enough notified bodies. I guess 20 is still not that much um, or that many. And um, that the pandemic has made things difficult for companies, so they've had their hours shortened, and they've actually had to deprioritize the MDR. And now suddenly it's 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 waiting again, and, and the deadline is looming. Um, and some say actually um, that they were already MDR compliant last year before the postponement was announced, so it didn't really make a difference to them. So that's why they said no.
0: Yeah, there is two categories, as you said, of of companies: the ones that already were ready, so it doesn't change anything, and the one one that were not ready and we're pushing to be ready but when they heard about this postponement they said okay let's switch move to another project we have still one year more for that and they just moved to another project and a few months before say oh let's come back to this project oh we are late we have to be yeah. doing that so yeah it's it's something that uh um yeah is human if i can say to say okay it's not anymore mm-hmm. priority so let's uh, move to something else but uh it, it becomes a priority again so uh related to notify business as we discussed so um Due to this postponement, there was something that was also um, critical is the fact that notified bodies couldn't perform an on-site audit. So -hmm. many notified bodies, they were uh, not able to do that because of the pandemic. Um, And at one point, so even if there was a postponement, the ones that were ready couldn't get uh, certified because notified bodies were not able to come and to visit them and do things. And at one point, January this year, they authorized again the virtual. I mean, again, they authorized the virtual audits mm-hmm. uh, only with a lot of requirements or exceptions. You say if you yeah. are in that case, plus that case, plus that case, plus the member state authorized, plus I mean, a lot of things, which I'm not sure it helped. It, it, it a lot of people were using that, but your survey was asking this kind of question. So, what was the mm-hmm. result about that?
1: Yeah, so um, surprisingly, 60% said they had made use of virtual audits, which seemed like quite a lot to us, considering there are all these conditions you have to meet to get one. Um, But I guess it's also a good sign, because lots of unimaginable things have become virtual now, uh, thanks to corona, kind of. Um, 20% said no, they hadn't used them, and 20% weren't sure if their company had used it.
0: As we said, so there was also some not fair situation in these virtual audits, because some member states authorized that some notified bodies to use that. Some members that didn't authorize that. So it was like not fair for some customers because if they were with one notified body, it was fine for them. If they were mm-hmm. with another one, it was not fine for them, et cetera. So it's mm-hmm. something that uh, we didn't really uh, appreciate in terms of that. But yeah, I mean, it's a, they have their proper uh, decision on that. Actually, I have no clue now what is the situation because I don't know now if there are, the, if there are a lot of virtual audits that are made. But uh, mm-hmm. it's something that is also a big problem. Is um, notified bodies first there is not a lot, and then they have difficulties to make on-site audits. So it's also something that uh, makes it uh, a difficult time for for the manufacturers to get uh, uh, certified for for UMDR. Um, Yeah, definitely. We had also a section because, as i said, you are Climedos, so you are a software company that's capturing uh, clinical data. So. Uh, you had also some question about that. So what was the result for, for those type of questions here?
1: Yeah, so we always like to know, you know, what kind of uh, tools are you using or methods are you using to capture clinical data, since that's a huge part of the MDR, especially in the post-market phase. Um, and here, unfortunately, there wasn't a huge difference compared to last year. So the majority is still relying on paper and Excel um, for their data capture, and around a third are using um, software for, for both years. Um, Even though, because then we also asked about the benefits of paper and Excel and most companies said they see no benefits uh, in them and uh, they're definitely not time saving or anything like that. And those who are using um, a software said uh, the the biggest advantage is that it's practical in use and time saving and cost saving. So, of course, there is an initial investment you need to make in a software, um, but long term, it saves you a lot of administrative hassle um, and therefore also time and money. Um, And interestingly, we also asked, what's the biggest challenge in general, like regardless of the system you're using um, for data capture? And here, the biggest challenge was the time required. Um, People also mentioned things like lack of qualified personnel or high costs, but time required was number one.
0: Yeah, I I think there will be a switch, if I can say, to digital um, software, digital products um, Mm -hmm. anyway, because... Uh, We were doing that also with the quality management system to move from paper to um, EQMS or electronic quality management system. So there will be a lot of those switch that will be done in uh, digital uh, things, but it's true that uh, the idea for companies that are new, it's easier for them to move to this kind of solutions than for companies that were doing paper since a long time and then they have to convert all those documentation to digital, so to transfer that is like, Kind of yep. a nightmare I don't want to hire somebody else for that it's uh, time yeah. consuming uh, let's continue like we were doing, so <laughs> things like that, but at the end, and I think I had also other episodes with them um, uh, with uh, digital uh, transformation, so where we said that yeah we can save also some personal sense of save some time for for that um okay, so um out of that so now of the survey, so there was also some great comment at the end so what else was there at the end related to the UMDR to, uh, for, from, from those, uh, those manufacturers.
1: Yeah, I mean, at the end, we also asked, what do you think are the advantages of the MDR? And the top advantages named were traceability and transparency, which I guess is the purpose of the MDR. So that's a good sign, um, along yeah. with safety. But unfortunately, one third also said they saw no benefits at all. We wanted to offer that as an option um, in the MDR. Uh, and then we also said, what would you like to see more from the European Commission and here three quarters said they want clearer guidelines. So even though we saw that maybe things have become a bit clearer after one year and there's more documents, they still want clear guidelines from the commission. And uh, half also want professional support r- related to their area. And then other people named uh, training, more communication, more collaboration. And interestingly, very few wanted any financial support, which I guess has other implications once, once you go into that um, area, despite it being financially very challenging
0: yeah uh, it's uh, it's um, it's if i can say uh, uh, a lot of a lot of
1: um, people are, are as you said
0: are, are looking for some guidance for really clear guidelines because yeah it's, there is also things that are not clear for even for for us uh, when we talk about clinical data because we talk mm-hmm. about that specifically so what is clinical data what is enough <laughs> what is yeah. what can we use for that so uh, how can i convince my notified body that I have enough data for supporting uh, the products. Um, one comment that I saw, if I can say there is also that it's too much bureaucratic. Uh, mm. the UMDR, the commission is not practice oriented. So meaning that mainly it's a lot of requirements, which are not, cannot be in place or cannot be easily implemented by some companies. But, um, yeah, as we said, the UMDR is also, um, more than the double, the pages of the MDD and the AIMDD combined. So it's like mm-hmm. uh, 60 pages and this one is 170, uh, 75 pages. So uh, so it's more, it's it's a lot. Um, this yeah. is a lot of requirements that even maybe small companies cannot fulfill. And the idea here is really that only the ones that are really able to fulfill those requirements can continue their business and the others should stop what they are doing. And this is, I think, the idea of it But uh, what we are doing so mainly, we are helping small manufacturers to show them that it's not so complicated or we can find solutions. But to be honest with the UMDR, yeah, there is a lot of more requirements, which makes it sometime as you, as mentioned, bureaucratic, but mm-hmm. sometimes, if you understand well what is behind that, you can really uh, think of, okay, we can do it in that way, which is still fulfilling, fulfilling the, the requirements. Um, so I think for me, it's, it's a good um, outcome. If I can say, or, uh, Kind of a good, the good um, progress in terms of saying that yeah we are still moving forward. We have now a better understanding of uh, of the um, of the UMDR, but yeah mm-hmm. we still we still see that uh, companies put on their top if I can say some uh, lack of understanding or some leading more guidances. Uh, so there is still a lot of guidance that will be issued this year. The MDCG mm-hmm. is working on that. The agenda is full of guidance that are. To be oh, released again, that's good. but yeah, I hope that uh, I hope that there is more clarity now, and also with the work we are doing here at this medical device, with all the podcast episodes, etc., that we get uh, more, a lot more work. So, just maybe for people to have a better understanding of what is uh, Cimedo, because uh, the idea is also that uh, I like this this kind of, of of digital tool. So, what can you if I if I'm using climedo so a software, what can I achieve with that specifically?
1: Mm -hmm. So you can, uh, I mean, we can't take away the the MDR requirements, unfortunately, but we can make clinical data capture much easier for companies. So you can move away from paper and Excel and um, just capture everything in an electronic format, which means it can also be shared with relevant parties um, immediately. There's no programming skills required or anything like that. Anyone can set it up and just see all the results in real time, see if there's any kind of serious adverse events that they need to react to. And it also makes things easier for patients and doctors or whoever is using the device. Um, So for example, you can print a PMCF survey link as a QR code on your devices, and then um, the device users can um, scan the QR code and give feedback right away by their phone instead of having to fill in a paper survey and and post it and hope that somehow it makes it into the um, evaluation. So it just saves a lot of time and uh, hassle.
0: So uh, did... um Maybe just a question in terms of coronavirus. Did coronavirus help you or it was more a problem for for you?
1: Yeah, I mean, at the beginning, right after the postponement was announced, a lot of companies kind of lent back a bit and said, no, we don't need that right now. Um, But then towards the end of last year, suddenly there was a lot more demand and people realized that they can't manage anymore just with paper and Excel and that they need to move um, to a digital solution. I think for me, it's
0: more like um, data can be transferred without papers or without also visiting the doctors or visiting the centers or visiting the thing. So you can directly collect the information uh, Mm -hmm. more accurately uh, in a proper way instead of sending an email with uh, some Excel sheet or that are maybe not secured or maybe the data were not correctly uh, put inside. So uh, for me, the idea of of, uh, putting this distance also due to coronavirus is maybe helping uh, such mm-hmm. devices to develop because mainly the idea here is less contact because to avoid uh, contamination. Uh, and in that way, a digital format where it helps you to fill the data. Uh, I suppose also it helps maybe the practitioners, the people that are filling those information to say, yeah. instead of me writing an email or filling an Excel sheet, I have really a, a formatted document that is really helping. And I just click on a button and it sends it directly to the, to the people.
1: Exactly, yeah, you can do it on any device. So it's mobile responsive and everything like that. And that's a good point with corona. I think people are definitely becoming more open now to digital solutions um, and things like uh, web meetings have become a lot more common rather than a classic phone call or meeting up in person. So things are definitely changing in in the medical device industry too.
0: Great. So, uh, yeah, so if you need a a clinical data uh, uh, acquisition tool, so then uh, go to Climedo. Uh, so you will have the the, the the link on the website. So climido.de uh, for Germany. So uh, you will have the link on the website uh, on the on the show notes, uh, and then you can uh, or you can go directly to LinkedIn and ask uh, Catherine. I think uh, yep. for any question regarding to uh, climido. So um, okay. So thank you really, Catherine, uh, for 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 your support and also the survey. So will you do again a survey next year after EUMDR, if it was really what they were thinking.
1: <laughs> we'll see, yeah, yeah, I'll have to think of new questions then. Um, definitely, yeah, see how, how things are kind of going. And also we're getting requests now for IVDR surveys even, because that's the next thing where there's even fewer notified bodies. Yeah. So, also interesting. So don't
0: forget, IVDR is coming. So actually <laughs> we have NDI is coming, but now IVDR is coming. And yeah. we have only four notified bodies for IVDR. Uh, and it's uh, it's a shame if I can say because mm-hmm. you will have much much more manufacturers that will need notified bodies with IVDR than what we had with NDR. So it's something that will be a, a nightmare. I think so. If you are IVDR, don't forget IVDR is coming, and uh, you have really to think about about it now. Uh, so don't hesitate to contact us also if you need any support or any you have any question. I will be happy to uh, to answer that to you. And uh, and yeah, um, I am. Um, do we need Climedo for IVDR?
1: It can be used for IVDR as well, yeah. So evaluation, I
0: think, for, for for this, uh, this activity, so um, mm-hmm. don't hesitate also to contact Climedo if you are IVDR, if you need anything for, from there. Okay, so Catherine, really was a pleasure to have you again. I hope to get you again next year maybe for another survey uh, and we'll mm-hmm. see exactly what is the progress of that. So Catherine,
1: I wish you really a nice day. Great, you too. Thanks so much.
0: Bye-bye. Bye. Bye morning. Bye bye.